Hello and welcome to the Equine Business Podcast and today I am talking to Nicola Kinnard Comedy who is one of the leading providers in Equine First Aid and she helps equestrian um, people like horse owners uh, throughout the UK to be able to deal and manage with any equine first aid or emergency situation so i hope you enjoy this podcast a little heads up it was also recorded as a facebook live if you want to go and check that out if you would rather watch the video but if you want to stay and listen to the podcast enjoy and as always if you've got any questions please feel free to message me hello at jennybush.com enjoy welcome to the equine business assistant podcast helping you build a better business to live life on your terms. With your host, Jenny Bush. I'm really, really excited to welcome today Nicola Kinnard Comedy from NKC Equestrian Training. Um, and Nicola delivers first aid courses for horse owners and I've, I've been following her for quite some time. So Nicola, explain to everybody a little bit more about who, who you are and what you do. Well, firstly, Jenny, thank you for pronouncing my name right, because that is normally a massive stumbling block. Um, if it was already hired, it was such an obscure surname. I was Nicola Kinnard, and I married the very lovely Mr. Comedy, and it was his very romantic idea that we join our two names together, which was all very lovely, but it is a bit of a pain spelling it out, and just about fits on a credit card, but that NKC is, is obviously the name of my business, not very imaginative, but there we go. That's, that's what the NKC is, it top marks Jenny for getting my name right. So as Jenny said, I um, own and run NKC Equestrian Training and we provide horse first aid courses, which are not all about riders falling off, as sometimes people email and go, oh, is that, is that the one I need as an instructor? No, no, that's a different course. It's all about what you need to know as a horse owner, because let's face it, with horses, things, unfortunately, touching some wood here, things do go wrong from time to time. So it's things like preventative healthcare, you know, what vital signs you need to know about your horse, what checks can you do on your horse to keep your horse as healthy as possible. I talk about vaccinations and the importance of taking temperature, pulse and respiration rates. We also look at what to do if something does go wrong, like what stock should you have? So the horse first aid kit, what to have, what not to have, what to chuck in the bin. Um, wound care, we look at, um, we talk about lots of things have changed in the vet world and all of my courses that I run are always based on current veterinary recommendations. So unlike a lot of other information you see online, I work together with vets and I always have a vet deliver the course. So as I was just saying to Jenny before we started, that recently we've been doing these all online because of the current lockdown situation. And it's been super fun actually. Um, so we always have a vet delivering the training. And as I said, it's always all the recommendations are based on latest veterinary thinking. So sometimes people get a bit of a surprise when we say, oh, for example, you don't need to wash every single wound with hippie scrub. You'd be better with saline solution. Um, and we love busting myths. Yeah, I'd say that's my favorite thing to do is make sure people have the correct information because there's so much hearsay, old wives' tales in the horse world. And if you ask a question in an online forum, Facebook group or something, hundreds of people will reply which is great they're trying to help but they don't always have the right information themselves 
and people can say things very passionately online with real conviction that doesn't mean it's actually the, the best and latest recommendation for your course so yeah that's the horse for sake course people want to update their knowledge just like we do with human first aid and I'm sure Jenny I, I know you do some teaching like I do you have to go on these courses every couple of years and so things change they I've do. been on so yeah. many of years and each time something's different so why not do the same with horse best age you know recommendations have changed don't just rely on your pony club or your childhood knowledge get the latest recommendations so yeah that's our horse best age course oh, yeah brilliant and it's one of those things that yeah the, the technology changes the science changes and there are different things that we can do and sometimes yeah what what people used to think well yeah, it just doesn't anymore does it so it's, it's yeah it's definitely it's like um, it's like colic you know years ago Although some people still do that, it was the, the thinking was you must force the horse to walk. It mustn't stop moving. It's got to keep going, whatever the cost. Lots of people, whips, brooms, anything, clapping, shushing, shooing, whatever. And, and now we know that that actually isn't the best thing to do. Yes, gentle hand walking can be helpful, but you shouldn't be having to force the horse to walk. And that's not really going to do anybody any good. Um, but again, you don't know what you don't know, do you? No, you don't. And, and sometimes you don't know until you're in that position where where yeah. it's happened. And I've been in some pretty nasty horse incidences over my time. So I know exactly what it's like when all of a sudden you've got this horse with this big gashing wound and it's it's awful. And unless you're prepared for that, um, it's it's hard. It's really it's a really awful situation. So I think what you do is amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, I feel so passionate about wanting to help owners because as I said there's lots of information out there but it's not all correct and I think it's really hard to know what sorts of information to trust and I think every, haven't all been on a yard with the yard know-it-all and you can have people just telling you what you should be doing and if you don't, don't know any different you, you might just follow their advice or instructions but it's just not always correct and it's like the hippie scrub you can be making um, a wound worse. If you're using it too strong, using it too harshly, not rinsing it off, you're using it um, at the wrong point. It, you know, it's not really the right thing for most wounds, but most people aren't aware of that. Um, you can, might be making the wound feel more uncomfortable for the horse, it might be uh, delaying healing, but you have the best intentions as the horse owner. And you know, that's why I feel really passionate about getting the science, getting the latest recommendations out to, to the masses, so to speak. So I think it takes a while for information in any industry to filter down from the top. And I feel like I'm giving out a serious helping hand, giving it a shove down. I think that's one of the things, a lot of the time, people on yards, they will copy what they've seen other people do in those situations, which might have been a year, two years ago, and they've copied their friends. And it's, it reminds me of like a, a story of, um, yeah, there was, there was an old woman and, and she was cooking her ham and she put it in the pot and she cut off both ends. And her daughter said, Mum, why are you cutting off both ends? And she went, I don't know, just what my mother did. And when she, they asked her mother, why do you cut off both ends? And she went, I don't know, it's just because my mother did. And when they yeah. asked her mother, she said, why do you cut off both ends? She went, because my pot was too small. So sometimes we can't, we can't have yeah. copy things because we think we're doing the right yeah. thing, but actually we don't really know. Yeah, we don't really know what we're doing. It. We don't know what we're doing. It. No, you're so you're so right. So yeah, that's that is really what I feel so strongly about. I love science. I'm a real science geek. Love ponies, and I love helping um, owners. I spent, you know, I'm a qualified instructor. I spent many many years standing in arenas teaching people 
how to improve their riding to help them and their horse and it, whether it is perfecting the, I don't know, the ideal canter transition or updating the horse, it's the same, it's the same thing. I just want to help people because these people want to help their horses. Everybody wants to do the best for their horse, but whether it's you haven't quite got your balance and sitting trot or your knowledge isn't quite up to date with horse care, uh, people want help. And I just absolutely love running these courses. Yeah, it's it, 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 um, so much fun. So what made you start your business? How did it all, how did it all come about? How did it begin? Well, um, I have done teaching for many, many years and I've had a, uh, I've run some big equestrian centers as well. So I was in a racing yard in New Zealand many years ago, I ran a big equestrian center in Greece as well, which is super fun and super sunny as well. Um, and I've been running a big yard in Berkshire and I decided to have a little bit of, time away from horses so I had a different job for a while I still do a bit of teaching and it was it was quite nice not to be full horses when horses are your job and horses are your fun sometimes it can get a bit merged together so it was really nice to just have my horse just for fun um and then I started thinking oh I, you know I've got all these horsey skills and I've got a master's degree with teaching qualifications I just feel like I'm not really using it and uh I wanted to get back into teaching more, so I started doing a bit more teaching, but by this point I had, how old was Millie, about 18 months old, a small child, and it just didn't really fit the sort of timings, it was, you know what it's like organising teaching, it's really hard to fit people in at the times that are convenient, you know, with, with family life and so forth, so that's where I thought, oh, I re what I'd really like to do is reach more people in, in one go. Um, and the horse first aid course fell, uh, the idea fell, fell upon me one day. Um, and I thought, well, that sounds like fun. So, yeah, we set a couple up and it was just so much fun. So the, the first year, I did the first course in November 2017. I did three that year. And as I said, it was so much fun. I did another 32 the following year. And... Then I found out I was pregnant with so a second baby, which is very exciting. I had quite an ambitious autumn plan, so I just kept going with, with a bit of a bump. And then, yeah, last year was also quite busy. I launched an online course and ran my first big conference last year, which was so exciting. Uh, and I've delivered this course everywhere. I've been to Scotland, Northern Ireland. I would definitely like to be somewhere sunny, I have to say. So when we're all back to normal, if anybody wants a course in the Caribbean, Bahamas, you know, just, just shout. I'm happy to come. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's so much fun. And then I've run other courses. So we developed um, an anatomy course. We've run some dissection days. Um, and it's just been absolutely amazing. I've worked with some fantastic vets. I've got this amazing vets that... Um, I work together with, I've got two fantastic farriers um, that do some training on our dissection days. And I've met so many fabulous owners. I think about 800 people have come on the course now and it's just been so much fun. Yeah, really good fun. Oh, oh, what, do you, what do you like, like, uh, like what, is, what is the one thing, if you could bottle it out of what you do, what is the one thing that you really, really love? It's when after someone's completed the course um and, and actually i'm so delighted that we've done this live online session it's been just as exciting um so I'm, I'm so um i just i'm so sociable i love meeting people 
Um, and that was, oh, with lockdown, I was like, oh no, can't do the courses in person. But actually doing it via Zoom, it's been so super sociable, it's been lovely. My one thing I love, if I could bottle it, is when people say, that's made such a difference, or since your course, I've done this, or thank you, I now know to do X or Y, get that warm fuzzy feeling and it's so nice i know i've made a difference to that person and their horse and there's a strong chance that person will tell one or two or five of her friends one thing that she's learned and that can help their horses so knowing that i'm helping those horses and and their owners it, it's just such a great feeling it's it's so so nice. i guess i guess it's one of those things that you kind of don't want them to be in a position where they have to actually use it but the chances are we will and at least and when they come back to you after yeah after being in a position to like you say i felt confident i felt like i was i knew what to do because there's nothing worse than having that panic if there's something wrong with your horse yeah definitely so one thing i feel really passionate about is that people create an emergency plan and i always say i really hope you don't ever have to need it need to use this but at the same time if you've never thought actually what would i do if my horse needed surgery, colic surgery, how would I get it to a horsey hospital, what funds do I have, do I have insurance, what's it cover, can I cope the aftercare, blah, 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 etc. If they haven't ever thought of this, it, it just makes a very stressful situation 10 times more stressful. And we give people the facts so they can make an informed decision because often people are surprised, for example, colic surgery, that their horse would need two to three months box rest afterwards. Um, and there's a lot of aftercare, but maybe you just run a field. You might not have any stables. It's, it's making sure you've got the facts. And that's what I just love is, is delivering the facts to people, definitely. And I suppose um, a part of the course is what to do when things go wrong. But part of it is how to keep your horse healthy. So there's, there's things people can be implementing, you know, immediately afterwards, like um, taking vital, you know, checking vital signs and so forth. Um, I think one of our vets put it really well. He said, at vet school, we spend two years knowing normal and three years learning all the problems uh, with horses. Obviously a bit more detailed than that, but yeah. I think as owners, we tend to focus on trying to understand conditions, common conditions, and don't put enough emphasis on knowing your own horse inside out, really nailing normal. And then of course, communicating that to other people that look after your horse, particularly in the current situation, you know, if you, suddenly did become unwell and had to pass the care of your horse over to somebody you just need to make sure that they've got the facts as well to look after your horse yeah and that, that's that's sort of one of the things and like so when you started your business mm. like what did you find like how did you do it what did you what did you find was a struggle when you started like, right if you were the honest answer i <laughs> I started it on my phone. <laughs> I was, I, I have run businesses for other people. But I suppose at the time, I, I thought, oh, I'm going to run a couple of courses. I didn't think I'm launching a business. Hindsight's great, isn't it? There's things yeah. I would teach differently. But I simply set up a Facebook event and, and, and I found like a simple use booking site. I literally, I did it on my phone on the sofa in the evening. And then I had a Facebook page for a bit of teaching. I think maybe, maybe like a hundred people liked it. It was basically everybody I knew. Um, like my mom, all my yeah. friends, 
their moms. And then they start producing a bit more content to go on that page. Um, and then I just did another one, another one, and it kind of evolved. So yeah, I literally set up my business on my phone, on the sofa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things that I think a lot of people overthink how they're going to start their business, how they're going to, um, yeah, build it, and they try and like put all this, and then they get stuck. Whereas actually, you just need to do what you can do now. It's about what can you do now, and maybe yeah. sometimes, yeah, it's it's working out on the back of a ten pound note how you're going to do it, and just taking that. Just one course. Oh, this is fun. I'll do another one. Then yeah. Another one. It, I think the degree of planning is probably good, but yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. You can get stuck in the detail and never take any action. So I took a bit of action and didn't have a plan, but it'll work out and then fine. It's sort of, yeah, organically sort of come. So what have you found like since since then, since when you to now, what's been the hardest what's been the hardest part of what you do? Oh, um well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good question. What's been the hardest part? Um, I suppose probably there's, there's so many ways you can, you can do things. I, I suppose learning some of the shortcuts, um, I wish I'd perhaps got the hang of those a little bit quicker. Like this, you know, clever, um, email marketing software and so forth. I wish I'd been perhaps a little bit more savvy at the beginning to get people onto my email list. I think the hardest part is probably finding we've already said you don't know what you don't know so if you're starting a business you might not know how easy in hindsight it is to set up something like MailChimp or MailerLite or any of those email software things and how you can literally email all these people or different people different things and so there's so many different things you can do but if you don't know that it can seem like a really big uh issue to get it all going but yeah I think that I think probably working out how to some of those details has, has probably been the hardest thing um, because there, there's so many clever ways to do things. But if you don't know what the name of that thing is, you know, you can, you can Google things until you're blue in the face. But it's like I, I use um, a program called Loom to record. I, I call it putting talking on my videos. So if I've got a PowerPoint, and you can get a little picture of yourself in the corner and you can hear yourself speaking, but you can see the slides. Um, oh, you've disappeared. Ah, yeah, let me go uh, back. I think I'm back. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, my computer must have heard me say Loom. It's like, oh, do you want this program? So, so that's, it's been so cool, but that probably took me oh, months to, to find what that was. Um, and it was, it was actually, I asked in a business group that I'm in, and several people said, oh, yeah, this is so easy to use. But I had spent a considerable amount of time trying to work this out, how to do that. Um, yeah. And that, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a, I think it, the hardest bit has been finding how to find the detailed stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of what I call, yeah, what I, what I term beating around the bush. <laughs> it's not beating around the bush, come, I'll tell you. And that's kind of why I do, yeah, like the Equestrian Business Support Network, because I know there's, lots of different things and people haven't got anywhere to ask and yeah yeah definitely and that definitely. makes yeah it makes such a big difference when you think okay i want to be able to do this how do i do it and, and go into a place and ask people and get the answers so much quicker because we can save so much time there's so many ways that yeah are brilliant for our businesses aren't they to, to help us with things and I, I love loom i absolutely love loom 
So well, it is, it's really, really clever. But if you didn't know that that's what it's called, I could trust me because I've Googled it extensively. Yeah. Uh, so I think that would be a really good takeaway for people with their own business or wanting to set up a business is get some sort of support network around you where you can, as you said, where you can just ask, how do I do X? Because the hours you will spend trying to work it out yourself, honestly, a couple of, somebody will know the answer. Somebody yes. will have done it already. And they will be able to say, oh, I use X. Somebody else will use a different program and you can go and look at those options and, and find the answer. But yeah, I think you try and do it all yourself, actually. That's been quite a good takeaway. Yeah, yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really hard trying to get, and I think we, sometimes we battle against it because we think, oh, I can't, I can't, I don't, I can't, either I don't know who to get the support off or I don't yeah. know um, who to ask. Well, a lot of the time we think, oh, we can't afford to get the help. And I think, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't, doesn't need to be like that at all, does it? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, you can, you can waste time trying to figure out things. And yeah, I think yeah. it's probably said, quicker, cheaper and easier to ask somebody else or pay somebody else to do it for you. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So where can, if anybody's interested in sort of attending one of your courses and wants mm -hmm. to learn more, where, where are they best to go, Nicola? So go to my website, um, which is www.nkcequestion.com. There you'll find we've got um, an annual conference, which, slight spoiler, haven't actually announced this, probably going to be online now, was meant to be in Newbury um, in the end of October. And for a while I was thinking it'll be fine for October. Now I'm thinking it probably won't be. So that's probably going to be a digital event. Um, we've got a live Horse First Aid course starting on the 6th of June. So you can find all the details there. Um, as well as our nutrition course and, and other things that we've got on there. Um, and if people want to sign up for our Horse First Aid kit checklist, so that's just, a, um, as it sounds, a list, a checklist of what to have in your Horse First Aid kit. And then it um, has a series of follow-up emails which just break down why we recommend you have these products, how to use them, what to do, you know, when, which wounds need a vet and so forth. Um, I, we can include a link for, for that but that's also my website you can find me on facebook nkc equestrian training or instagram is nkc equestrian brilliant and what i'll do is i'll make sure i include all those links in the show descriptions and in the comments so that anybody that wants to um, find out more can do so so have you got anything else you'd like to add what what would be your your one tip that you would give an equestrian business owner like who's thinking about starting up a business this year do it. thinking about it just just do it i think um i have had so much fun i have met the most amazing people i think if you've got a passion for something um then you really must go for it it's like it's like setting up my conference last year I set up a conference. I thought it would be nice for all the other people that I thought would come. I kind of set it up for myself because I really, really wanted to see some of these speakers and they just never seemed to be anywhere nearby. So I was just like, oh, I'll just invite them and run my own conference, which I did. Um, so I think if you've got that passion, go for it. Yeah. Um, because yeah, as Jenny's already said, you could be sitting thinking about it for several years. Just take a small step forward. You know, you don't have to, have some, I didn't have a website when I started, just had a Facebook page with about 100 people that, if that, that liked it, and my phone. So I don't think you need to, yes, I could have done a few things better earlier, but 
get there in the end, don't you? Yeah, imperfect action and progress is always better than uh, perfect action and no progress, isn't it? Yeah, done's better than perfect. That would be one of my favourite sayings completely. Yeah, and I think, yeah, sometimes like people are like, I can't start, I can't stop my business because I haven't got my website or when I get my logo or when I get, and I'm like, no, you can start now. You can, you can go out there and you can start talking to people and finding out what it is that they need and how you can help and offer it. You don't need anything, you know, it's like you don't need, yeah, yeah, definitely. Don't need anything. Um, yeah, like, yeah, especially people are always like, oh, I need logo and I need website and I need to spend all this money. And it's like, no, you just need to get on and do so I'll just check on... Um, the world is so big and varied. There's, there's room for so many different types of horsey business. And I think that's what I think has been really exciting in the last few years. We've seen so many new little niche businesses within the equestrian world. And I think it's great. You know, there's so many ways to have a horsey business nowadays, which I think is fabulous. Yeah, I think it's amazing. A lot of people that... Um, like one of my stories, I always say when I try to get support and help and a coach and a lot of people didn't get it and they're like oh questions no oh no no that that industry is too small and all they just all they could think of was riding schools I'm like, mm. there's so much to it there's so yeah. many yeah there's so many it's almost like a a mini world of business there's there's shops there's retail there's instructors there's vets there's mm. you know, body workers farriers it's, it's a massive massive industry that yeah people don't always get and that, I think you always forget what you don't do as well, don't you, when it comes to business. You've got that idea that you want to have a business, you know, and you, yeah, you're only going to regret it if you don't take the action and move it forward. Definitely. Um, but I, think I, I think my other thing I would have to say is I really wish I'd known the slightest thing or thought about branding earlier on. Not that you should spend months and thousands of pounds on a fancy logo or anything, but maybe just decide on some colours and maybe a font or two that you like and stick with it. I was definitely a bit guilty of every time I went on Canva, just it was a new pretty template, use that one. So I, I realised I didn't have any kind of cohesion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just had a lot of fun playing on Canva. So I think that would be definitely a takeaway. You don't need, as I said, to get like a brand consultant involved. You could do, but you don't have to. Um, yeah, just, just pick a couple of simple colours that represent you and your brand and, as I said, a couple of fonts and, and go from there because I looked a bit messy for a while. And I think, but I think, the business, I think we all look a bit messy when we start. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's messy until we're learning. It's the same as like when, when you put a new child on a pony and you get them to ride it. So it's a mess. They don't look like Charlotte Duchardin overnight, do they? And it, I guess it's the same with our businesses. that We've got, we've got to, yeah work through it but it can be a bit painful kind of and it's a painful look back sometimes as well when you go oh did I really that's a really good analogy actually yes it's a bit like that sort of rough around the edges project yeah that's definitely how my business looked to start with but hopefully it looked more like it's just entering those first you know first year of showing now yeah and you've had to you've had some good good um highlights as well like you is it you you were you your horse life, where you always I spoke a horse the year show um, last year, which was yeah. fantastic. Um, having Sue Dyson at my conference, um, um, you know, a month later, that I have got to say that was amazing. Uh, yes, I've, I've been had good press coverage. I love writing magazine articles. I'm very lucky. I write a lot of regular articles for like quite a few publications. I really enjoy doing that. 
Um, yeah, speaking of horsey show, I love that. It was so much fun. And fingers crossed, but I'm not holding my breath that I'll be back there this year, but don't know. We'll have to watch the space as to whether that's going to be a possibility to run it or not. Yeah, scary, scary sort of time, isn't it? And I think that that's what we need to all sort of take forward is that business is not going to be the same for quite a while. I don't think we're going to get back to the way things were. So would you have any tips for people like on their business like now as we're going through sort of the, the end of the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think flexibility and finding a way that you can try and adapt what you're offering. I, I know it's been, as an instructor, I still, although I don't do very much teaching, can't do any teaching now actually. I teach one person very sporadic because I still really enjoy it. Um, I, but I still kind of keep in the loop of what the BHS are recommending for, for coaches. Uh, it's been great to see lots of coaches delivering sessions online. So I think there's so many ways to do things. If you can take your offering into some form of social distancing model or you know online, do that. And I think offering flexibility around payments, I think people, some people might really appreciate at the moment. Everyone I think has had a really different lockdown experience. Some people's finances might have improved, ironically, if they if their outgoings have been cut down through not going out, not eating out and so forth. Some people, it's been the total opposite end of the scale. So I would say, you know, I don't think you've got to slash your prices, but I think it's nice to offer extra value in. So with my live course, I've also offered in access to the self-study course. So it's kind of two courses for one. And I've offered people can pay in three installments or they can pay monthly installments because I don't want people to, to miss out. Um, so I think adapt and, and be flexible. Um, and yeah, I guess don't, don't take things personally. If people say, it's just not the right time for me. Well, thanks so much for chatting to us today, Nicola. Oh, my I hope you really enjoyed that episode. If you want to find out more about Nicola, have a look uh, for NKC Equestrian um, Training, um, either on her, her website or she's also found on Facebook and Instagram. I will make sure that I add those links into the show notes so if anybody needs to, to find that really, really quickly. And thank you for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe. And of course, you can listen to this podcast on all good podcast platforms such as iTunes, Spotify and all those places. If there's anything that you'd like to hear on this podcast or if you'd like me to cover anything, uh, please do send me a message. I love to hear from you. It's hello at jennybush.com. And of course, leave a review. I would love to hear from you. Uh, I've got some more awesome podcast guests coming up. Don't forget to check back on Susanna, um, who has who is an equine osteopath. Um, and she was on last week's episode. And I've also got Alison from Tail Enjoy coming to you next week. So look out for that. Have an awesome week. And I will be in your earbuds really, really soon. Take care. Bye.